Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melniki, accompanied by my favorite co-worker, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing today, Robert? Ali, uh, just doing great. Here I am uh, with a little bit of a change of location, still in Nevada. Just happened to be down south in uh, Vegas for G2E with the team and uh, looking forward to seeing how uh, this whole entire week five played us for uh, for us, for the Nothing But Locks podcast. And uh, maybe I'll peek into week number six. Yeah. And before I get going anymore, because I can't wait to brag about my Giants in about 30 <laughs> seconds. But uh, before we get into that, why don't you lay out for us uh, the betting trends from over the weekend? How many favorites covered versus underdogs, some overs versus unders? What do we got? Yeah, I'll tell you, uh, for, for the better part. Sports books are uh, getting the best of it as uh, the, well, let's see here. So the Ravens, they closed out Sunday night as three-point home favorites. Uh, they beat the Bengals, but they didn't cover, right? So favorites were nine and four straight up with uh, one push, I guess, on, uh, you know, with Tennessee and Washington. Uh, dogs did lead against the spread, eight and five. Home teams Seven and six straight up with one neutral site game. Of course, that game you're going to be covering in just a moment in London. But road teams are leading eight five against the spread. Unders led eight to six. Okay. Yeah, I did pretty good on my picks. Not my best week. I wound up being nine and six against the spread. I had a few bad beats at the end. I thought the Bucks were going to easily cover over the Falcons. It looked like that all game. They let the Falcons come back in the second half. I had Washington winning the game. I think I believe it came to pick him at the end. Carson Wentz, he had a first and goal. Of course, he throws an interception on fourth down. I totally whiffed when it came to the Dolphins, but no one could have foreseen Teddy Bridgewater getting injured on the first drive. And probably my biggest surprise of the bets that I lost in my pick'em leagues this week was the Lions just getting shut out. I did not think they were going to get shut out at all. They have been one of the top offenses in the league, and the Patriots pretty much made them look like the Lions of last year. But don't want to spend too much more time on that because I want to get right to the New York Giants. So I'm going to spend a few seconds just to brag. We beat the Packers. The Giants beat the Packers. This isn't the Bears. This isn't the Panthers. This isn't even a mediocre Titans team we beat. We beat the Packers that many consider still to be favorites from the NFC to get to the Super Bowl. Not only did we beat the Packers, but we beat Green Bay with a decimated offense and defense that we were throwing at names of guys we just signed on the practice squad two days ago, and they were playing in that game. I don't know what to say else, Robert, but I can't be more proud of this team right now, and it's been a long time before I've said that. But before we get any further, what was your take on the game? This one was quite impressive. I mean, you know, as as we know, the Giants, we closed the Giants as nine-point dogs in London. Uh, and they did upset Green Bay 27-22. I mean, the second half was incredible. They won the second half 17-2. to It would have been a shutout if not having to, you know, uh, do the logistical needs necessary to win the game and, you know, run out of the end zone. That's how they got their two points, did Green Bay. Uh, you know, but, you know, they outrushed them 125-94. to The drive points, which is, you know, any kind of a drive of 60-plus yards. The Giants outscored the Packers 21-14 there. Red zone percentage, you know, the Giants scored a touchdown on three out of four trips to two out of three for Green Bay. Both of them controlled the ball very well. No one had any turnovers there, uh, but both had one fourth down failure. I mean, Allie, it's an upset on the betting board, but you can see it's a very clean win across the board. 
Um, I, I, it didn't feel like an upset in the fourth right. quarter against a Green Bay team that had to go, you know, overtime at home as nine-point favorites last week versus, you know, Bailey Zappi. Uh, and really, Green Bay's only win of margin came against the Bears. Yeah, for me, it's called the optimistic fan of me, but even when we were down 17-3 in the second quarter shortly before we, we scored the touchdown, I honestly still thought we could win. I thought we were playing not great, but pretty well. I thought defense could step it up a bit, which they stepped it up a ton in the second half, as you mentioned. No second half points minus an intentional safety at the end of the game. But, Robert, the fact you got to give all the credit, not only to the players, but the coaching staff, too. What what Wink Martindale did with that defense after we lost to Dory Jackson, Leonard Williams was already out, Aziz Ajulari was already out. We still had some guys that we got from the practice squad already starting the game. Jalen Smith just came up from the practice squad and played last week was his first game. You got to hand it to the coaches between Brian DeBall and just just taking it on offense and doing what he could with Daniel Jones, who give Daniel Jones a thousand percent credit too, because I honestly think this was the best game at least of the recent years in his career. He just looked efficient in the pocket. He didn't look phased. It didn't matter that there was no Kadarius Towney, no Sterling Shepard, no Kenny Galladay. He re- he went back to having chemistry that he had with Darius Slayton from when Darius Slayton was a rookie. I always thought that was a chemistry that was blossoming. I think that they're going to go forward with it more. But I mean, Robert, this could you have? Could the Giants have asked for a better game than how they played yesterday? Oh, absolutely not. And you know, again, as we start to see the league take form, forget about the individual franchises. I mean, the Giants are now four and one straight up and against the spread. You know, it's a team that's going to play grinders, Ali. You know, but it looks like they're built to do just that, and and it just might be a grinder year in the NFL based on what I've seen so far. Yeah, I agree with you. So that goes to my next question, because we've heard it the past, I'd say, two, three weeks in the power rankings, you know, when the Giants were 2-0, and well, they're 2-0 and against mediocre teams. Well, then they're 3-1 and against mediocre teams. Now they're 4-1, and and they have a solid win under their belt with the Packers away from Giants Stadium. And even in the, if you saw in that stands yesterday, they were all Green Bay Packers fans. That was like the closest thing to a home game for the Packers that they could get across the pond. So is this time that people across the league, teams across the league, have to look at this giant squad and take them seriously for once? <laughs> I would, <laughs> I would, I would think yes. Look, they, they're, they, they do what I've been, you know, taught uh, is possible at some point if you're really, really magical and you've got a really great coaching staff, and that's you know the ability to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. You know, they they put together really whatever they can find. Uh, they they practice well. Clearly, they're on the same page. If you're running the wildcat, and uh, defensively, they're they're really really good. Uh, so yeah, I, I think we should. Well, you know, two things. Uh, you know, take the Giants seriously, uh, and you know, maybe we take a look at the Packers and wonder. I don't know. Maybe it's um, you know, they're they're three and two straight up. I mean, it's not like they're abysmal or anything. Uh, you know, they're two and three against the spread. But I, you know, it's. It's clearly a case where uh, the Giants have, you know, far more clicking for them right now than Green Bay, as we saw in this game. I agree. And that poses my next question, because Mm -hmm. I've been noticing it for the past weeks. Week one, a little bit of a wash when they lost to Minnesota. 
they they did what they had to do against Chicago. But ever since they played the Bucks, and then even last week against the Patriots, I said it last week, there's something off about Aaron Rodgers in that offense. I know he doesn't have Devontae Adams, but we can't keep using that as an excuse. He just doesn't seem to be clicking with any of his guys. What are you seeing, Robert? Is this more of a, of a Packers offensive problem or a defensive problem? Because even with their defense, we were talking about them potentially having the best defense in the NFC, and they have not looked good at all. They allowed however many points, 20-something points last week to the Patriots. Same thing the week before. They allowed, well, they only allowed 12 points to the Bucs, but the Bucs was missing half of their offense. What, who, what should we be more concerned about for the Packers? I think, uh, uh, I think they're probably more concerned about their balance uh, in their offensive attack. I thought that we were going to see far more uh, rushes than passes. I mean, you know, ultimately – you know, I, I thought that that was something that should have been done. You only pick up 94 yards rushing. Uh, so that's that's something that was a little bit concerning to me. And then, I mean, you know, again, if you're if you're giving up 27 to the Giants and, and they're on, you know, second, third string wide receivers, it, it's probably not going to be Green Bay's year this year. It just doesn't, you know, after a month of football, you, you don't just, you know, turn the faucet. You're, you're not built that way where you could just say, okay, let's, Let's play for real now. No, it, it doesn't work that way, Allie. No, and they don't seem to scare teams like they did in years past. And there's something, you're right, there is something about them when I've watched in the past weeks. They don't they don't have the same fear in that. They don't stoke the same fear that you've seen the past few seasons. For me, watching Aaron Rodgers, too, he still kind of looks detached from the game. I just don't see the same passion I've seen from him in recent years. And I am curious about the running game, and I'm glad you brought that up because I said before the season, I think Aaron Jones is going to have an amazing year for fantasy, and A.J. Dillon could be potentially an RB1 because with Devontae, without Devontae Adams, why not rely more on the run game? And you're going against the Giants who are missing their top two pass rushers. So their run game you could exploit easily. I don't know why Matt LaFord only gave Aaron Jones a ball, I believe, 13 times. I think A.J. Dillon only got it nine times to rush. But that totally baffled me. And then the last question, though, I do want to ask you, because I can go on the entire podcast about our win. I was so happy yesterday. But let's talk Brian DeBall. Is he the odds-on favorite right now, Robert, in your opinion, to win yeah. the year? Allie, come on, stop. <laughs> I got to ask. I got to ask. All right. No, no, no. So, look, he's climbing, right? His, his if, if he was a stock, his price is definitely increasing. Uh, I've got him top 10. Let's just okay. go top 10. It's definitely, look, it's it's Nick Sirianni's award to lose, basically. Right. And that's just the way the Eagles season is happening right now. We'll touch on that a little bit later. But Sirianni's almost even money in, 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 in my book right now. Um, we'll see, you know, what Mike McDaniel could do now with the Dolphins. He's, you know, he's got some issues, of course. Doug Peterson's doing, you know, some really nice things in Jacksonville. Uh, I probably look at, you know, you know, Kevin O'Connell, Sean McDermott, those guys, you know, they're, they're doing some really, really fantastic things where we expected those franchises to do well, but they're doing like exceptionally well. So, you know, Dayball's right there. I, I, I put him right there in the mix, but this is at, at this point, it would take the Eagles to, well, I don't know, not make the playoffs for Nick Sirianni to not get the award. 
Yeah, and one last thought before I move on to our next game. But the thing that gives me more confidence about the Giants and some of these other pretenders, I'll mention Jacksonville later, who I thought was a pretender for a few weeks now, and their loss to the Texans only increases my belief in that. But the Giants are going to get better. I mentioned all the injuries they've sustained the last few weeks. They're going to get healthier. They're going to get Leonard Williams back. They're going to get Aziz Ojolari back. Their receiving court is going to get better. I believe Nick Gates is going to come back in a few weeks for the offensive line. So there is hope. This isn't a team that everyone's healthy and everyone's playing great. You, like you said, they're grinding it out. And that is the Giants' way. I hate to say it, but that is the way. So there is a lot to be optimistic for. Anyway, let's move on to the game that we saw last night. I thought it was going to be higher scoring than it was. I thought we were going to see a lot more excitement. It was kind of a back and forth. I don't want to say snooze fest, but I just was a little disappointed with the outcome. But we had the Bengals and the Ravens. So what did you take from last night's game, Robert? Yeah, it's kind of more of the same. We just kind of touched on it with the Giants. This was a grinder. Uh, You know, Baltimore closed as a three-point favorite. You know, they won by two. Uh, they won the yardage battle 325 to 291 is what I circled there. So, you know, their yards per play were you know pretty close. So they got an equal amount of opportunities to score uh, rushing, rushing. And maybe that's the one that kind of jumped out to me. They had 155 yards of rushing to only 101 for the Bengals. Um, Cincinnati did win the drive points. Right. So that's where they kind of drew out the clock. Uh, 17 to three is what they won there. And then the red zone touchdown percentage was uh, two out of three versus one out of three for the Bengals turnovers, both kind of the same, you know, they only, you know, had, you know, one apiece. They both also had one uh, fourth down failure. So, you know, this, this was just a case where, uh, you know, it, it, who could scratch out the win there at the end. And we obviously saw, you know, the result at the very end with the winning field goal. I mean, it's, it's, it's a strange thing. And, and, and Ali, I guess if we could just go and I'll have one, one and just one final comment on the Ravens here. You know, the Ravens at home this year, they've they lost 42 to 38 versus Miami, right? With the Miami, they had the touchdown with like 14 seconds left. Then they lost, you know, 23 to 20 versus Buffalo, where they got the field goal with no time left. You know, here they pick up the win with a field goal with no time left. You know, so Ravens are holding double-digit leads in each of these games. And they trailed for a, like a combined two minutes in all three. That's an awfully thin difference between five and zero oh and three and two. So, I don't, Ali, I think it's I think it's the Ravens that I'm going to choose to win the North here. Yeah, I'll agree with you because I'm still waiting for for Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase to have that electricity that they had last season. It's still not there. And I know statistically Lamar Jackson had the worst game of the year so far, but I will give the Bengals defense a lot of credit. When I look at these two squads, though, even in Cincinnati's two wins against the Jets, against the Dolphins after Tua went out, they weren't impressive. They weren't great wins. Their losses were far more disappointing than their wins were impressive. You're right with Baltimore. They had some grinded out losses. They should have beat Miami. They easily could have beat Buffalo in the rain last week. I think that I wouldn't, I'm not ready to say that either team is elite in the AFC. I think you got to put the bills above them. I think you definitely have to put the chiefs above them. Maybe they, they rank right there, but they're still both teams. Both of these teams are still beatable is what I'm trying to say. 
Like, do you like do you see either either if the Bengals or the Baltimore Ravens had to take on the Bills or the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game? Do you think either of those teams could beat the Bills or the Chiefs, Robert? No, no. And as a matter of fact, I could tell you right now, in week number thirteen, when the Bengals are going to host Kansas City, I'm going to have Kansas City probably as a two point favorite, um, and then they're going to host Buffalo in week 17 and all things being equal, if they have to play right now, um, I'm going to make Buffalo a three point favorite. So no, I, I don't, I mean, you know, is, is this, it's not going to be a, a ridiculous seven, you know, seven and a half point spread. It'll be close, mm-hmm. but I still have those two teams as dogs. Or I'm sorry, not dogs as visitors to Cincinnati. They're going to be small favorites. It's kind of odd because I said last year and in the offseason with the Super Bowl, I didn't think the Rams were the best team in the NFC to get there. And I definitely didn't think that the Bengals were the best team in the AFC to get there. I feel like for both teams, everything just felt just fell right into place. The Rams got away with not having to play the play the Packers. The Rams also were lucky that they caught the Bucks on an off day and the Bucks almost came back and beat them. Same thing with the Bengals. They were lucky to not face the Bills. Kansas City was probably worn out after facing the the Bills the week prior. So I feel like both these teams, the Rams and the Bengals, just had stuff that came in to their favor last season for them to make the Super Bowl. We'll get to the Rams later, but is that kind of what you're seeing this year with the Bengals? Were they a bit too overrated last year? They must have. Uh, and I'm really just really scratching my head about the both both of them, both Super Bowl right. you know, participants. Like, what what went wrong? I mean, like, really – really wrong i mean we we started to see it in in the first week and we said ah you know what it's this this is okay they played buffalo and in cincinnati's case ah it's the offensive line just you know it's it's all brand new just give it another week and then okay week two okay you know what? let's give them a mulligan no no more (laughs) no more power rankings to be significantly adjusted (laughs) oh yeah no i agree with you there and i I would say between the two teams the Bengals are who i scratch my head more with over the The rams did lose a lot of their players in the offseason you know they had andrew whitworth he retired odell beckham's injured von miller went to the bills they lost a few guys in the secondary as well so they lost a lot of guys in the offseason. The the Bengals, they upgraded. They signed Alex Kappa. They signed Ted Karras. They signed Lael Collins. This was a Bengals team that was supposed to be improved from last year. And they're not. If anything, they've regressed. So I'm with you. I think the Bengals are in a little more trouble. I do think the Ravens have to be the favorite right now to win the AFC North. But it's still a young season. We're barely a quarter of the way in, so there's a lot that could change. If you remember last year, the Bengals really didn't come on strong to last season anyway, so maybe that's what they need to do. But let's move on to the next game, which I had predicted would be – I definitely knew that – the uh, definitely predicted that the Cardinals would cover, but I thought the Cardinals would come out and upset the Eagles. They came close. They almost set, them, set the game into overtime, but they missed a field goal as time expired. So, Robert, let me ask you this about the Eagles almost losing to the Cardinals. Are we finding any any weakness yet in this Eagles squad? Do we see, do we know what their kryptonite is? It's hmm. a great point. And look, I don't even i I've got no skin in the game, right? I mean, you and I we we, we both know each other. We're both Giants fans, right? Yeah. If anything, I should be anti Eagles, and yet I, I I'm attempting to find the good in everything, and and the Eagles are just tops right now so you know i i just started to pour over and i just want to just look at what popped up in in the stew 
right? So we closed them five and a half, the favorites at Arizona, right? So it, it was a road game. They they did win rushing yards, 139 to 124. It's pretty close there. The drive points, 17 to 10, picked up an extra turnover over Arizona. Yardage was pretty much right down the middle, including yards per play. So that did it, you know, that, you know, the time clock, uh, and, and the, the time of possession really wasn't out of whack either. Uh, both are 50% in the red zone, you know, two for four and, and one for two for Arizona. And I mean, at, at the end, the Cardinals missed that 43 yarder that would have forced overtime. So, well, I don't know. Could it be road games? Maybe that's probably what I want to look at. I'm, I'm trying to find a weakness here. And um, Ali, no, no, I mean, they did what they were supposed to do. Sure, they didn't cover, but, you know, they, they did get a win in Arizona. Yeah, I agree with you. There's really no spots I can think. But I will say from watching the game, if you do want to beat the Eagles, you need to take away Jalen Hurts' legs. Because yeah. even in that game yesterday, he didn't throw for any touchdowns, but he ran for two, ran for 15 times, 61 yards that's the make or break for this team because he's going to run on those third inch shorts and he's going to get the first down. You got to be able to stop Jalen hurts. You got to rush. You got to rush him. You got to figure out a way to tackle him before he gains any yards. That to me is the key. If you, if you force him to throw, I think he will eventually make more mistakes. He did have a solid day throwing last night, 26 for 36, 239 yards, but he's only averaging six, at least yesterday, he only averaged 6.6 yards per pass. So he wasn't really throwing down the field. I think the longest was a 31-yard pass to Dallas Goddard yesterday. So I think that if you're a defense, you need to figure out how to take out Jalen Hurts' legs. You need to stop. You need to figure out a way to stop him. That's the only thing I could say. But what was, was more curious to me is when I'm looking now even at Arizona's box score, and I noticed it yesterday too, Kyler Murray only ran the ball four times. Four times. And this is one of the more mobile quarterbacks in the league. Is there any way, Robert, or any reason you think that Kyler just wasn't explosive yesterday? Yeah, no, absolutely. Ali, you nailed it right on the head, right? That, that's exactly it. Hertz was able to do yep. what Kyler Murray could not, right? And that's yep. all, it all comes down to outside containment, right? So when you have the, uh, the defensive line pinch on the outside and, and, you know, scoop anything that he could do, uh, you know, to the, outer side of either his left or right tackle he's he's not moving he's not going anywhere and you know and if he tries to make a, a gut punch up the middle uh, you know the linebackers are waiting for him so what you know what could he do maybe pick up a yard it, it wasn't there at all for Murray as opposed to Hertz who did have that opportunity to scramble and pick up the necessary yards you know to pick up first downs I will say that if, if the Eagles are going to lose they may re be vulnerable next week when they play the Cowboys on Sunday night football, because the Cowboys as good as Cooper rush, I shouldn't say good, but as efficient as Cooper rush has been since saying over Dak Prescott, it's been the Cowboys defense. That's been winning them games. They completely shut the Rams down. They shut down the, the giants a few weeks ago, even week one against the bucks. They held the bucks to just in the teen scoring. It's really been the Cowboys defense. So I think the Eagles will be vulnerable against the Cowboys next week because I think Dallas, we saw it on that Monday night game against the Giants, how much they pressure Daniel Jones. Same thing yesterday with Matt, with Matt Stafford, forced them to commit fumbles, forced them to throw an interception. If they could take away Jalen Hurts' running ability, the same way the Eagles took away that from Kyler Murray, 
then the Eagles will lose the game. But we'll get more into that Cowboys-Eagles matchup when we talk later this week. And then before I do move on to the next matchup, I want to highlight, Robert, is it time to panic in Arizona? We just saw in Carolina, Matt Rule got fired, which we both predicted was going to happen eventually. Right. Is 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 there any way Cliff Kingsbury is going to be on the hot seat? Or is there any way that people are going to start questioning Kyler Murray's leadership? I know he just signed that long-term contract, so there's no way they're getting rid of him. Is it time to panic in Arizona yet? I don't think so. I think that uh, Kingsbury is doing quite the job of I agree. making sure that is uh, not only that, but his, his media relations team is uh, uh, whispering about uh, DeAndre Hopkins coming in week seven. So <laughs> I think everyone's like, okay, okay, you know, things can only get better. Things can only get better. So, uh, you know, if if the result starts going, you know, southwards because of, uh, you know, any kind of you know, lack of offense being produced because, you know, even though with Hopkins back, then we could probably talk about it, but yeah, no, let's, let, let's, let's, let's wait to see exactly what happens when he, you know, he gets back his WR one. Yeah, I totally agree with you. They play the Seahawks this week, which should be a win. They play the saints the week after that. They'll have Hopkins back. That should be a win as well. Yeah, so I, yeah. I wouldn't panic yet in Arizona, but I still don't see them making the playoffs or getting a wild card spot. So then let's move on to the next game that I want to highlight. And we just alluded to a little bit and that's the Cowboys and the Rams. This was another one I totally whiffed on. I thought the Rams would bounce back from getting embarrassed by the 49ers. If anything, they just got embarrassed again. I would say this is the third time in five games they've gotten embarrassed all season. They let the Cooper rush beat them. They couldn't put more than 10 points on the board. And this is supposed to be a top offense. Robert, are the Rams in trouble after this loss? I don't know. It's like, I feel sorry for them. I, I don't, I don't understand like what's happening and, and why are they so predictable? The Rams, their, their offense, it's like they, they're, they're playing with two downs instead of three. Uh, I mean, look, these, these numbers are, are very jarring. Uh, Dallas wins rushing against them. 163 to 38 uh, turnovers, three to nothing. Uh, yeah, sure. You know they the the Rams won on yards three twenty three to two ninety three to uh, it was two thirty nine, right? Um, it's just you know Dallas, of course, he they they pick up the fumble return for the touchdown. Um, but here here's something that you could almost count on now by by the end of the box score. Um, you know the the Rams offense had three turnovers and five sacks here. Uh, you know against San Francisco, they had two more turnovers and seven sacks. So what, what 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 possibly can you do? And here's why I'm just like, how could this team have been to the Super Bowl just last year? And and they're they they they're a shell of what they posted up in the championship game. Yeah, I mean, you look they they could easily be one and four if the Falcons just had maybe one more possession of that yeah. game. Yeah, like don't forget. I don't know what like I think it's just the Rams are a team. If you look at the past few years, they're always a team that splurges at the trade deadline. They got Von Miller last year. They went and signed Odell Beckham once he was released for Cleveland. This team is going to make a move. I don't know what the move is. I don't know if it's going to be just simply as bringing Odell Beckham back or if they're going to make a move on defense or get some other help. But you would think that, and you and I both were dead wrong with it, but we predicted Allen Robinson would have a career year. And he's basically really reduced to a wide receiver core in this situation. Tyler Higby's getting more, more looks in him. Skronek has been getting more 
looks at him. I, I don't know what to make of why they're just not utilizing Allen Robinson or if Allen Robinson's really not as good as we thought it was going to be. But let's move to the Cowboys real quick. I hate giving the Cowboys and the Eagles praise in the same episode, but who do we who do we give credit to for the Cowboys? Is it their defense? Is there like I said before, is their defense really the best probably at least in the NFC, maybe in the entire league? Or do we have to give a ton of credit to Kellen Moore on the offense, Robert? Yeah, Ali, I, I say that Dallas's defense is exceptional. Uh, I, I put them definitely top three in the NFC, uh, right? And if I think if, if we look at it now, just from, from that perspective, they're 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 doing they're doing very very well. They're going you know far far better than expected. If you said uh, you're going to lose Dak Prescott. It's going to probably be a month. It might be more. Uh, and and you, you look at that and you say, well, okay, well, that was a good season. Uh, but their defense is keeping, in, keeping them in games. And more importantly uh, is you're getting efficient quarterback play from your backup quarterback. That's all you want, right? That's You, you need a stopgap, play efficient ball. Don't, you know, play the maverick and, and you know, and try and, you know, do things that you're not capable of just because you now have center stage. So it's exactly what's been happening in Dallas. And uh, they, they've gone, you know, beyond my expectations. That's for certain. Yeah, same here. I will give both both the defense and the offense credit for. I'll even give Mike McCarthy some credit, even though I don't like Mike McCarthy. But, I mean, how much better do you think they are going to be once Dak gets back, Robert? Well, Better. Better without a doubt, right? And so if I'm yeah, if I'm like an offensive player, if I'm like let's just say a I don't know if, I, if I'm a wide receiver, you know, starting on the Dallas Cowboys, I'm definitely really excited to see Dak Prescott, you know, continue to heal. Uh, I, I want to see him out in the practice field, even if he's not throwing the ball, uh, because that's my quarterback, right? And, and that's who I want there, and that's who I want to win a championship with. So I I agree. I think. I, I think it's Prescott's team when he comes back, and I think they'll do you know significantly better uh, once we get them uh, once once we see him back at quarterback again. It's just crazy to think that this team gave up Amari Cooper for a fifth rounder in the offseason, and how much more explosive they could be if they had Cooper alongside Ceedee Lamb on offense. But that trade still baffles me. And yeah. we will move on to one more game I wanted to highlight because the big news of the day this morning was Matt rule finally got fired for the Panthers. It was my last time I was putting any trust in the Panthers. I thought they would at least cover against the Niners. I did not in any sense think they would win. I thought the Niners coming off a a Monday night football game, they would be a little bit fatigued. They put up 36 points. Baker Mayfield looked awful. I was surprised they didn't put PJ Walker in the game at some point yesterday. Robert, now Matt Rule's fired, but is he to blame? What do you think? Yeah, of course he is. He he's he's to blame for all of this. And I don't know. He, actually, you you look back at his whole entire track record. Forget you know, just in years past, it's you know, it, it's underwhelming to say the least. So he definitely is to blame. Um, we haven't mentioned Christian McCaffrey in weeks. Yeah, that's, that's impressive. That's really impressive to take. Uh, a, a multi-generational talent like him and make him an afterthought. Got to tell you, hats off to you, <laughs> Matt Rule. I got to tell it's it, it's it's something where we talked about 
in the preseason with their season win total and we looked at their offensive uh, assets and, and they, there was just talent everywhere. We haven't talked about DJ Moore. haven't talked about Robbie Anderson. And, and it's all starts with with what Matt Rule put together. So Baker, um, he's, you know, now he's now it looks like he's going to have a, a high ankle sprain that's going to keep him out for a couple of weeks. Sounds convenient. So, yeah, we are going to see a backup quarterback in there, and uh, they're going to see what they can make of this lost season already, Allie. Yeah, I agree with you. My next question was, is Baker next to go? Are we going to see him start any more for the Panthers this season, Robert, or you think he's done? Experiment didn't work. It's over. Baker Mayfield will be a free agent. He'll be looking for a backup job. What's your outlook on Baker Mayfield? Yeah, no, well, well, if we see him the rest of this year, Allie, it's – uh, because the, you know the the quarterback that came in to replace him got hurt, and then he'll come in for some mop up duty in some of the games. But now there's the, the the Baker Mayfield experience is now over, Ellie. Yeah, it's it's really sad. This was a team I had high hopes for. I really thought Baker would regain his 2020 form, but he's just regressed immensely. And I'd like to feel sorry for him, but I really can't. The guy doesn't have a great attitude. He really doesn't. He he he. I always thought he played well with a chip on his shoulder, but he hasn't shown any, what's the word I'm looking for? He just hasn't shown any aggression coming out. It's just, he, he makes a mistake. He hangs his head. He doesn't show like he has any more fight in him. I don't know if he's just still jaded from Cleveland, jaded from the experience that happened there with the drama with Odell Beckham Jr. or what, but I think we've seen Baker Mayfield's days as a start in the NFL gone, done. And then I just want to ask one question before we move on to some of our later rounds, Robert. But we have the Niners. Jimmy G is 3-1 and one since taking over as a starting quarterback when Trey Lance went down. Even the one loss was tough. They lost 11-10 to 10 against the Broncos. It was his first full game starting, first time in a week practicing with the first team. Are the Niners, should they be favored now to win the NFC West, even over the, the Rams? Oh, there's, there's, yeah, without it, without a doubt, Ali. Uh, I don't think that there's going to be uh, any kind of pushback on that. If I took a look right now and said, if we had to make a matchup between the Rams and the Niners, uh, I'd probably make the Niners of uh, God, maybe, maybe even a field goal favorite in mm-hmm. LA. Uh, yeah. and, and so I, I think if we just take a look at, uh, a really early dashboard look on my future books uh, to have them win the division. Uh, they they're easily the favorite right now. So there's no, I'm not looking at any, anything more beyond that. Obviously Seattle's, you know, they're, they're here for, for shits and giggles and, and it's not, it's not going to be the Rams. So uh, congrats. <laughs> I, I it didn't, didn't expect this to happen, but uh, obviously with the, they're the rest of the schedule and the and the rest of the season that's being played out. I have the Niners as a favorite in almost, boy, ten of them. Yeah, and it will be an interesting offseason drama. Jimmy G will be a free agent. You know, Carolina is going to be looking for a quarterback. Yes. You know, probably Washington's going to be looking for a quarterback. I would, I will go ahead and say Indianapolis will. Colts, yes. <laughs> so Jimmy G, you know, he's such. I've always been a Jimmy G fan. He's a great guy. I don't think. This season could play out any better for him right now. There's going to be a bidding war for his services a year after pretty much no one wanted to trade for him. So kudos to Jimmy G. 
But we are starting to run out of time. So I want to get into our next segment. And it is what I would like to call better, worse, or what we expected. And we did that with teams last week. This week, we're going to do quarterbacks. So, Robert, so far this season, five games in, Carson Wentz on the Commanders. Is he better, worse, or what we expected? <laughs> Ali. Okay, you. Carson Wentz. Um, so I, I had a pretty low bar for Carson Wentz, and uh, he's done worse than the low bar that I expected out of him. So, I hate to say worse. it. I agree with you. <laughs> I have a friend that's a Washington fan, and I was I was knocking Carson once all offseason. <laughs> they beat the Jaguars in week two. I was still knocking him. I remember I said I was like, I would still rather have Daniel Jones on my team than Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is bad right now. We saw it last year in Indy, and he was glad to have Jonathan Taylor. That saved him a lot of wins. He doesn't have that running game support behind Antonio Gibson this year in Washington. Carson Wentz is bad. And I think we are going to see Taylor Heineke coming in soon. I know Carson Wentz has that ridiculous contract, but Ron Rivera is not going to be patient for too long. I think if Carson Wentz struggles again this weekend, we're going to see him benched. So let's move on to the next quarterback we have. We'll stay in the NFC East. Better or worse or what we expected? Jalen Hurts, Robert. Uh, Okay, I expected better. uh, And it's... I'll say he's he's on par, right? So I'm going to say uh, what what I expected, what I expected. Yeah, I agree with you there. I still haven't seen enough of them being challenged. I want to see what Jalen Hurts can do more when he's not relying just on his running game when he goes against some against some elite competition. So he's been he's been very good so far. I'm not going to take anything away from him, but I agree with you. He is exactly what we expected right now. Next one, this is my bias coming in, but I'll let you answer first. Better, worse, or what we expected, Robert Daniel Jones? I'm going to go better. Better for Daniel Jones. Uh, He's uh, a a quarterback that is absolutely taking uh, anything that he can do to make this team succeed. Uh, and and this is he's he's playing with as as much guts as I've seen a quarterback in a really long time, uh, so I'm gonna say he's he's done better than what I expected. I'll agree with you again right there. Better than what I expected because he is playing with basically no one in the receiving core. He still has a bad offensive line. You don't see too many dramatic dr- drastic changes in his game, but you see him a lot more comfortable in the pocket. He's cut down immensely on his turnovers. He only has one fumble, two interceptions through five games. The one interception came at the end of the Cowboys game when his receiver basically just fell down. He's doing much better than I expected him to do. Let's move on to our next one, Robert. Better or worse or what we expected? Trevor Lawrence. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, well, I thought he would improve. He has. Uh, yeah, they they looked really icky uh against houston yesterday but um with that being said hmm, this is good i I really like this category (laughs) i'm gonna say so i expected him to step up and he did so he is uh what i expected he's he's improved over what i thought uh was going to be uh his results from last year so as expected for me ali so i wanted to say worse coming in because having doug peterson the, the chaos of Urban Meyer is done. I thought that he would be a little better than he has been. 
but I don't want to give he's still a second year quarterback. He's still learning a new offense behind a new behind a new head coach and everything. So I'll agree with you. I'll say what we expected. It wasn't a good game for him last week. It wasn't a good game for him this past weekend, both against the Eagles and the Texans. But I don't want to take away what he did accomplish in the two wins this season. So I will agree with you and say what we expected. How about the last one, Robert? Better, worse, or what we expected? Ryan Tannehill. Ooh, give me a little uh, bowl of vanilla ice cream here. <laughs> you know what? That's but it's ice cream. Like, it, it is ice cream, and I like ice cream. Um, I'm going to – look, he's um... – He's kind of just doing the Tannehill thing, right? I mean, right. he's he's been he's had some weapons taken away from him, uh, much like you know Daniel Jones. He's had to make do with what he can. Uh, knows how to rely on you know the 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 tools in his in, in his work box, and so I'm going to say um, as expected, Ali, as expected for Ryan Tannehill. So then this will be the one that we disagree with. I'll say better because coming into the season, I thought Tennessee was going to be bad, like not even in contention for for the NFC South, uh, AFC South title bad. Tannehill, like you said, he's been kind of Ryan Tannehill. He he doesn't have gouty numbers, but he's been finding them a way to win. They've won three in a row after losing to the Giants, which let's be honest, they lost to the Giants on a missed field goal. They, They got blown out by the Bills, but that's still the Bills. So I'm going to say he's done better expected because he's playing with pretty much no nothing receivers as well. He does have Robert Woods, but I don't think anyone considers Robert Woods a number one receiver in this league. Derrick Henry is still coming around, but he is doing more. He's doing with less than he had last year. So I'm going to say he's doing better than I expected. And now we will move on to our final segment, which everyone loves to hear about. And that is our buy or sell segment. So we always get some saucy, saucy remarks on this one and saucy, some spicy takes. So I'm excited for, for the next five buy or sells we have going here. Okay. So, yep. So Robert, buy or sell. Obviously I had to put this one in. The Giants will make the playoffs. Ah, how did I know? I had to do it. I had to do it. <laughs> All right. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm not ready for any of this. Hold on a second. So the Giants, okay, look, this is insanity, right? They're they're four and one. Nothing makes sense. Upside down is right side up. Um, they're gonna be dogs. They're gonna be dogs everywhere. They they'll be dogs even at Jacksonville. They'll be a tiny dog at Seattle before the bye. They'll be a favorite to Houston. Allie, I am selling this. I'm not going to do either yet. I'm still kind of on the fence. I don't want to sell my stock because there are winnable games coming ahead. You, like you mentioned, we have the Seahawks. I think that's a very winnable game. I think the Texans are definitely a winnable game. I think the lions are a winnable game. Jacksonville still, I, I, I'm not high on Jacksonville. I still think that's a winnable game. We have to play the commanders twice yet. So there's a lot of hope. There's a lot of hope we could sneak in with, with nine wins, maybe 10, I don't see us getting the 10 wins, but maybe nine wins gets us the last wild card spot because there's a lot of me- mediocrity right now. So if we could somehow get to a, a nine win season, I, I think we could make the playoffs, but I'm not, to, I'm not buying it yet. Cause there's still a lot I have to see. And still there's, I know this as a Giants fan, there's a lot that could go wrong, but let's move on to the next one. Robert buy or sell the Rams will miss the playoffs. Oh man! <laughs> At first, I wanted to say, oh, 
they're just not they're just not the same they're not the same and yet how could they have fallen so so deeply so quickly um you're asking me you're basically asking me if they can turn the water faucet on at a moment's notice so here's what's going to happen right in week six they're going to play Carolina, right? It's a backup quarterback, and they're going to be a double-digit favorite, and they're going to probably blow out of Carolina before the bye week, and they're going to be like, okay, Rams are back. Everything's fine. Then you got to play the Niners again uh-huh. at Tampa. Arizona, who's going to have Hopkins back. Yep. Man. The schedule, the schedule says it's it's still reasonable, but – All right, I am. I'm buying. I can't believe I just said that. I'm, I'm buying, buying too. Listen, <laughs> this isn't like we saw last year when the Chiefs started out what three and four and then turned around. You had a feeling they were going to turn around. They they a lot of their losses early in the season were to some top teams last year. The Chiefs lost to the Ravens. They lost to the Chargers. They lost to the Titans, who was the number one seed in the AFC. The Rams, their losses aren't great. They lose to the Cowboys with a backup quarterback. They lose. They get blown out by the Niners. They lose opening week to the Bills. And while that's a that's a tough team, they got blown out in all their losses. They're they're bad losses. They almost lost to the Falcons. This is a team I can't trust. I'm looking at their schedule right now. You're right. They'll probably beat the Panthers. I don't see them beating the Niners. I don't see them beating the Bucks. The Cardinals. That's going to be a toss up game. Maybe they beat the Saints. I don't see them beating the Chiefs in Kansas City. The Raiders probably will play them tough. The Packers in Green Bay, that's still a tough That's still a tough game. They'll have to play the Broncos. That might be a win. Chargers, ugh, that in L.A., it's still a home team for them, a home game for them, but Chargers are still a good team. I'm going to agree with you. I'm, I'm buying. I, I don't think that they're going to make the playoffs. I, I think that there's too much, two other good good teams in the NFC that are going to take the crown over them. One of those teams, either the Vikings or the Packers are going to get a wild card spot. The Cowboys most certainly are going to get a wild card spot. You're going to have the giants fighting in there. You're going to have a few other teams fighting in there. So I am agreeing with you. I am buying that. All right, let's move on to the next one. Buy or sell Robert. The NFC East is the best division in the NFL. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, no, no. That's 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 for sure that they took that crown uh, forcibly away from the AFC West. And so without a doubt, um, there's no I'm not going to even hem and haw on this one. NFC East, best division in the NFL buying. Yeah, I'm not going to hammer too much. I agree with that. They are definitely the best and no one would have predicted it. All right, Robert, buy or sell. Jimmy G will lead the San Francisco 49ers to at least one playoff win. Oh man, we went from no playoffs to making playoffs to now a playoff win. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm buying one playoff win for the Niners. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that one as well. I think the Niners will get a playoff win behind Jimmy G. I think they might even be in contestant to get a bye week, but we'll we'll see. But I am buying that one 100. percent All right, and our last one, Robert. Buy or sell. Bailey Zappi will be the Patriots starter the rest of the season. <laughs> what? How? Where? 
no, no. Okay. This, this is, no, 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 no. This is correlated. This is just like the, the, the Dak Prescott experience. He, he's got Mac Jones is going to come back when he's healthy. And when he does, this is his team. Uh, you, you can't just take away uh, a crown that easily. You know, it, it, I think Mac Jones is, is here to stay for a very long time. He's not going to lose his, his position as, as quarterback, you know, over an injury. He was successful before it. Well, you know, I, I guess we could loosely define successful, um, you know, up to their par. But I don't think that we're going to see uh, Bailey Zappi for much longer, Hallie. So I am uh, I am selling that. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I definitely am selling that because, again, you know, Stevenson, he had the big running game yesterday. I don't think Bailey Zappi is like a, the next Tom Brady taking over for Drew Bledsoe. So I will sell as well. But unfortunately, we are out of time for the day. This was a great episode, Robert. We always love our buy or sell segments. But before we head out, we do have the Chiefs and the Raiders tonight. So what's your pick? Well, um, based on everything that's come across, and obviously where we're closing in on game time pretty soon here, uh, the game right now sits at seven and hasn't moved. Kansas City, the seven-point favorite. I probably think that the Raiders... Uh, they they cover the spread here. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go as far as to say they, they they win this game. They've always given Kansas City fits. I think they 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 cover the seven. Yeah, I agree with you. I have the Raiders covering. I also will probably take a look at the over. I'm leaning toward over at this. Both teams are wet rested. Both teams can score, so I will take the over as well. But we are out of time, unfortunately. And before I sign off, Robert, do you have any last thoughts or advice for the audience? No, but I I can definitely say if you enjoy listening to this podcast, uh, definitely keep tuning in because uh, as each week pre- you know presents itself and as we build into it, it's just uh, uh, one new set of drama after the next. So I'm just really happy that you're here listening to us, and you definitely find us on Twitter and uh, every every other place that you could you know get your podcast. So thanks so much for listening in. Well said, Robert. Well, that's all the time we do have for today. So good luck tonight to everyone who is taking either the Chiefs or the Raiders. And Robert and I will be back on Friday to give you a preview for week six. Take care, everyone.